welcome back, welcome back to a new uh, forum for Two Cents. Um, this time is coming from more of a mental health standpoint. As the last time, it was just a whole bunch of shit thrown together, um, made into a podcast. But, uh, you know, with, with time and experience comes maturity and organization. So I want to try to give a, a different spin on Two Cents now, make it more focused on the mental health aspect and um i'm actually fortunate enough to do this with uh with two members of my tribe uh our tribe rather um to come and, and give an idea just a glimpse into the lives of two individuals i have uh lolo and coco yes two two uh, double sounds and shit like that that's what's going to be happening on this show so we got coco and lolo yo y'all say what's up to the um to everybody what's up what's up yeah 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 so lolo what's a little background about you i mean what can i say i don't know um still i think i'm still kind of (laughs) young um i'm a mother of four and i take care of my grandfather so like that's pretty much my life right now (laughs) Okay. All right, Coco, go ahead and refresh everybody from, um, you know, that didn't listen to um, your episode. Exactly a little background about you. Um, I'm mom of two, and I have six present sisters. Um, and I just grew up having to prove myself and, you know, going through the traumas and healing on my own um, and trying to, you know, raise my kids in a better situation and stop that cycle trauma. Cool, cool. All right. And speaking of said trauma, so Coco, what was your first memory of trauma that you could think back as far as you can remember? What is the first memory you have of experiencing trauma with what you, you know, the education you have on it now? Um, the very first, I was six years old. And, um, you know, my mom, she worked two jobs, single mom, and I had a babysitter. Um, and she was, you know, like always watching TV and she had two kids of her own and um her son had sexually like abused me and so i told my mom and um you know she yelled at him or whatnot and then a couple years later she moved him in like with at at our house so um that was i just like i felt like betrayed you know like how could my mom do this like this is the man that i told you you know like did stuff um and so there i didn't feel like resentment but i just felt like you know kind of scared in a sense you know because i was like well he already did it and now i feel like i couldn't say anything you know because i don't know if my mom like just didn't believe me or forgot um and then of course you know like live with me he was just like like never tell or whatever um and that's the very first time like my trouble okay well, Coco, you know, I appreciate you sharing that uh, with us. I mean, um, so, yeah, you said you felt that betrayal. Um, and how did that affect you going forward in life as far as, like, that particular incident? Um, you know, what was, your, what was your way of responding to that? Um, by the time, it didn't really affect me until I was about, like, 15 or 16, you know, kind of experimenting with, like, boyfriends and stuff. Right. And like flashbacks just kind of hit. Um, and then, I mean, there was like other childhood trauma like that tied into it. Like my dad wasn't around, you know, my brother, um, he was on drugs and he used to hit me. 
So when I was in high school, I was mean. I was angry, like I hated guys. Like I would say mean things just to like hurt them. Um, so it just, it wasn't, you know, pretty in the beginning. It was actually like really bad, but I was angry and I didn't know why. Um, I didn't realize that I was suffering like from pain. I was just, it got to a point where I was just like, man, I'm so mean and I don't want to be, but you know, like kind of when you're in the moment, you just like can't stop and you're just going and going and going and you just don't know how to love yourself, you know? Um, so once I realized like why I was so angry and that it was the pain of like what I had gone through, then I was able to start the healing process. Okay. All right, Lolo. Well, it's your turn. So <laughs> what is the earliest form of trauma that you can remember? Wow, there was actually a lot growing up, like just a lot of things combined. But um, I think one of them, I mean, one of them has to be like, that I realized it like as I got older was that, you know, my dad, first of all, my dad was a pedophile, convicted. Um, and I remember just like weird things and I used to have nightmares every night and just, it always like involved him. I remember one time, um, gonna get deep now. I, <laughs> I woke up and I was naked and I didn't know why. I still like don't really remember everything, but I know that there was a lot of things that were weird. Like one time he was just watching porn with one of his friends, Javier. I, I remember his name and everything. And like if nothing, and I was there. Like, how are two grown-ass men watching this, you know, with the little girl there? Um, another one was my mom. She always, she was very abusive towards me. She was very abusive. She was very mean, always, always growing up and everything, you know, like even, you know, when they split up and stuff and, and uh, I was mostly living with my grandfather and his siblings the times that I did go she was just very very like she was very mean she like she broken plates on my head she you know she would tell me that I was too fat and things like things like that you know like always put me down make me feel bad about myself so like growing up I was I was very angry too like like Coco like I had a lot of anger issues um and you know like if people would pick a fight and stuff even if it wasn't to do with me i'd fight i just want to fight i had so much anger that i just wanted to fight anything would set me off so that caused me to get suspended a lot you know and then i finally got kicked out of south miami and got sent to ace academy because of it um like it also caused me relationship problems you know like I was very I just I was very clingy and like I needed to feel you know get attention and love from somebody else whereas now I really don't but I did before you know I was always looking for love in the wrong places because I felt so empty I felt unheard you know so it was it was very traumatizing it really was 
it's it's caused me to like ignore red flags when I get into like relationships and stuff like always wanting to see the best in people just because at one point I just did not want to be alone and then like you know like even the I was sleeping with older men when I so it's, it's a lot of things hundred years when I started I started really you know I, obviously growing up like I noticed stuff was off but I didn't really notice how my childhood tied into my adulthood until probably like two years ago maybe three years ago now so yeah it's been a process well, ladies you know much appreciated um, the the bombs you guys just dropped I'm sure on, uh, on the listeners but it is definitely a like a, a, a it's a raw story and, and there's you know no filter that's for damn certain um, <laughs> you know what was shared but it's much appreciated so with trauma where um, how do you deal with the the triggers to this day when you think about you know childhood trauma and i'll start with uh i'll start with coco yeah so how do you deal with the you know when you get triggered uh from childhood trauma how, how is it that you uh, you cope with that um right now i feel like very blessed that others have like come down a lot because I've been trying to like work on healing since um, I was 21 years old and now I'm 32. Um, but with the triggers, um, I just cry. I, I allow myself to cry. I allow myself to still grieve um, because there's no there's no time period for grieving. Like you don't heal with time. You know, like it's something that you got to keep like working on. Um, at first, I hated crying because you know, like my mom was always like. Uh, don't like I wasn't allowed to have emotions and I wasn't allowed to cry Uh, my dad raised me uh, not to cry either you know so I used to get angry when I cried now you know like through the education and like reading books and self-help like I allow myself to just feel what I'm feeling you know because I know that the time will pass um, but I don't have to hide it I don't have to suppress it anymore you know because kind of like let that go um, and it's just, it's really helped a lot. Well, Ski Rock. Yeah. <laughs> so, what about you? How do you cope with the triggers from your childhood trauma? For me, sometimes, I'm not going to lie, it gets, it gets a little rough. Um, I get, I realize I get manic episodes, um, which is, it's not regular anxiety. Is difference, and I didn't really understand the difference until recently. Really, like I started noticing, like this is not regular anxiety, you know. So I actually found out that I'm bipolar, so it does get a little tricky, it gets a little hard because when I like dealing with my emotions, I kind of I call it my switch. I just shut down. And I just start cleaning. Just, I don't know, I get really cold. I get really cold and sometimes it's hard. And I'm just like a whole different person. But I realize it now. And you know, I try to do my best to stop it. So um, I like sometimes I'll just, you know, do breathing exercises or I'll play music, something that'll calm me down. 
you know and try to allow myself like the same way she said allow myself to feel things to like a grieving process really like you you know you really start you look back and you're like wow like i really went through a lot you know and then that was not okay and and what i try to do now is just try to you know break those patterns so my kids don't go through the same things you know so it's just it's it's hard i tell you it's 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 a learning process though you know for me so but i don't hide it anymore you know before i wasn't able to talk about things and i kept to myself a lot actually i didn't really you know allow myself to have friends or anything i didn't want any you know i didn't want to allow anybody in my life i didn't want to let anybody in whereas now i'm actually able to share and and you know talk to people about it you know so i mean it's getting there <laughs> um what uh so let me ask you guys this now so currently like again currently when um you're dealing with like like you say with your trigger and you know with your trauma what um would you suggest to someone who is not quite sure how to process their own emotion right now what exactly would you tell them and i'll say um we'll go we'll ski. i'll go back to you real quick um it's hard you know like sometimes you you really actually need to just seek help honestly sometimes you really can't deal with it on, you know on your own because you don't you don't know where to even begin sometimes it's just so much that you don't know where to begin you know so if you don't you need to just seek help honestly you know or just find somebody that you can talk to you know get everything off your chest let it all out because sometimes you just hold everything and you don't even know where to begin how to talk about it like it feels weird you know but that's i think that's what really helped even like for me just start talking about it okay all right start go for it and there's an issue right. yeah appreciate it. so coco what about you what would you suggest to someone who is not quite sure how to process those emotions that come up um I mean, it's like everything that she, you know, just said. And um, as we talk about, like, realizing, um, like, the different stages, because there's definitely, you know, stages. And uh, I think she was saying she uh, has just started this, like, two or three years ago. Um, and so, and I've been at it for, like, 12 years, like, you know, like, learning how to, like, heal and stuff. But... Um, just really finding somebody, you know, like to talk to and to trust, you know, cause the shutting down is normal, you know? So I think allowing yourself to know like what you're going through is it's normal, you know, like the healing process is normal. The pain is normal. They, like allow yourself to be angry, allow yourself to be sad. Um, it's definitely hard and it's hard to trust people, you know, but it's a beautiful like destination like towards the end you know like getting better and stuff um so i always like remind people like it's okay to not be okay you know even now like 12 years later it's okay to not be okay and i have to remind myself that too um but like everything that she said you know like find somebody um and just get out 
you know, because I remember like being in the house a lot and just isolating myself because I didn't want to let nobody in, you know, in the beginning too. Um, and relationships were hard. I pushed everybody away. I didn't want help. I didn't want anybody to sympathize for me or, you know, and then what, what was really tough too is like some girls I felt like were trying to outdo my story, you know, so then I like really shut down. But then I had to like remind myself, like, man, everybody is feeling pain and what they're doing is not wrong. Their, their feelings are validated, you know, and if that makes them like feel better, like let them tell their story too, you know. Uh, um, so just a support system is everything. Sure. Um, well, thank you, ladies, for for that description of what might be helpful to someone in that um, predicament. I have something else to throw out to you guys. Um, So, Coco, what type of insecurities have you developed or did you develop due to your I say a lot of my insecurities that I have um, happened kind of later in life because, unfortunately, I just was in a 10-year abusive relationship and I feel like that kind of over everything because it's more current um but I mean my mom like you know she was like you know she was a lot like uh Lolo's mom like she was mean and always criticizing and stuff so I always did feel embarrassed you know like I I felt shame on my body I um you know I played soccer and I had the most trouble wearing shorts like you would never see me like in short shorts or even a bikini bottom because I really was just so ashamed of my body so I was like a girly tomboy (laughs) like you know I was like in a bikini top or a crop top with some basketball shorts um and I was just like always hard on myself and I always felt nothing would ever be good enough for my mom because she always had something to say she always had like we can do better we can do better we can do better so I I honestly grew up feeling like man like I can do better like I'm such a failure you know because if my mom was here she would just be like you can do better even if I got like a 96 like goddamn like so hard on myself you know and then I realized like I had to do things for myself and be proud of myself because at that time no one I felt like no one else was going to but no one else needs to you know, um, so just kind of like learning like all that, but just a lot of self-doubt um, was like part of, like of it. Oh, thank you. Thank you, um, Coco, for sharing that with us. And um, yeah, that's rough, you know, um, to have to to deal with that thing. You know, it's like a whole bunch of voices, you know, it's funny about that. It's like, I, I believe that we we take on these voices inside our heads that we didn't even put there, and uh, we for people that we once valued or we um, looked up to or put on a pedestal, and we tend to hold on to this idea that this projection that they have of us, not even our own projection, but what um, they they have of us. So it's like learning to do the work to kind of unlearn and unpack all the shit that was you know the toxic shit that was taught to us you know for us to learn from and to recognize what we're not so that we can have a you know pretty much like a sound mind i saw this today 
from the what's the, the Indian guy that's got the fucking white beard? I think his name is Saduru or something like Sudoku, whatever the fuck it is. But he um he was like the thing was is like how to stop overthinking. And what he suggested to do when you get in those feelings is to recognize what you're not. Like uh, he asked the question to the audience, like, are you are you your uh, clothing? No. Are you your, um, you, you know, your thoughts? No, you're not your thoughts. You're not your clothing. You're not your body. Um, you know what I mean? So it's like being, again, that whole aspect of attachment. And when we find ourselves attached to things, we believe it's our identity and we're, we don't have an identity at all. We're just a being, you know what I'm saying? You're a human being, but we tend to like uh, attach ourselves to the material things we attach our, uh, to like uh, again this reputation and all this shit and we end up it's, it's usually ego that is winning the battle versus like the soul just knows what it is the soul doesn't have to um prove itself to anyone but when you've been traumatized for long it's hard to assess what is real and what is not and um, so i just want to thank you again Coco, for sharing that with us now i have to go to uh lolo so um what um what insecurities did you develop due to your um all your childhood pretty much it's pretty much the same like um body image for sure like um especially since my mom used to be like oh you know you're you're too big and and things like that like you know I didn't want to wear shorts I didn't want to wear tank tops and I mean like it was it was hard like always as I got that that stuck with me as I got older unfortunately and um even when I was on the thinner side in high school, I still was trying to hide myself, you know? And those are things that I, like, now I regret. Like, why didn't I just wear that, you know? Um, even now sometimes, you know, because I, I did gain a lot of weight at one point. Um, freaking, like, I was 410 pounds. And then now I'm at 223 you know and I still see myself pretty big and everything you know um it's just it was a lot of body image issues you know and once I started my journey you know with this like two three years ago is I started getting a lot better like I even wear crop tops now I went to the nude beach okay you go sometimes you got to love yourself yeah so now it's like you know what i don't care i still won't like wear shorts i just i i just you know i guess because also my grandfather used to be like you know that old school mentality oh you shouldn't wear things like that but you know i do i do show a lot more i do feel a lot better and and, and don't care like i legit rock crop tops and things like, like of that nature i just i stopped caring so much you know because if somebody's gonna like me somebody's gonna love me it's gonna be just like this you know um i had like i have trust issues like 
but the trust issues is is not i guess they came back you know because i started trusting again and with my last relationship and then you know that that went sour that was really bad and um then uh i started having trust issues again <laughs> so yeah it, it, it's been rough <laughs> But I, I try not to I try not to stay there you know like I still have my days where I feel like bad I feel insecure you know and then I just <laughs> sometimes I'll just you know be like you know you know what I gotta dress up and I'll go find something to wear and I'll paint my eyebrows on or shade them in <laughs> and I get dressed and everything and I'm like no you're a bad bitch girl chill out <laughs> talk to myself real quick yeah, I, I feel like it definitely comes in waves like sometimes yeah. like sometimes you really just you know like feel really down and you just you know start feeling like the self-sabotage again but you know mm-hmm. like pep talking to yourself and sometimes you just feel like you're on top of the world you know like you are a queen or king you know so definitely feel what you're saying I, I go through the same thing even you know now um, I think I was telling John um, not too long ago, like, my goal is to have more better days than not better days, you know, because the, the bad days are going to come too, you know, you just got to go with it. Yeah. Most definitely. So, for Lolo, what led to your um, mental health journey? What led to it? I felt I felt lost and you know I, it was after my first failed marriage and then you know like later whatever I, I met what would be my second husband and then I don't know I just I was pregnant and it was just things going on and I'm like you know what I feel miserable like I feel lonely I'm tired of feeling lonely you know and I was I was just noticing that you know that things were just not right that something was wrong and I just needed to make my life better and then that's when I actually met you <laughs> and um and it went from there because I, I was already open to it I I just didn't know exactly what I was looking for what I needed to do but I needed a change. That's uh, what I appreciate that. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that uh, you know those conversations and knowledge that we were able to share with uh, with one another. You know, is bouncing pretty much is bouncing off each other and learning um, at the same time, uh, learning to grow. Uh, I mean, you know, you've seen me at uh, my worst, uh, one of one of my lowest moments ever. Uh, to you know, to the point of suicide, like suicidal thoughts and uh, just very dark and just not seeing any light and and vice versa you know like not seeing any light in this world but um what's crazy about this world is that if you look for light you'll find light and if you look for darkness you're gonna find darkness so it's just kind of Best, best if you just look for the light, you know what I mean? And like you and see things. We become what we think about, as Earl Nightingale puts it, you know. So, like, being very conscious of your thoughts and what you're thinking, 
And um, no, I just, I'm just grateful. Like, I'm truly grateful uh, for having to go through that experience. You know what I'm saying? Just so that it can be the story. And it's just like a, it's a night and day difference as to where I would say both of us are uh, compared to what, um, with the way we met each other at. You know what I mean? And uh, so, so Coco, what about you? What led to your uh, mental health uh, journey, if you will? It was, I feel like in different stages, you know, because part of like healing and everything is really going up and down. Up the very first time, um, I was my first child. I was 21. Like, Lolo said, you just you get so miserable that you do want to change. You can't, you know, you don't want to stay down forever. Like, my second push was um, I was so sick and tired of, you know, being in relationship you know like just seeing my kids you know you just want to be like a better role model um so definitely becoming a mom has definitely you know like helped and looking at what I don't want in my life like looking at my mom and just like I don't do that I don't want to carry on this cycle you know her you know great aunt is bitter her grandma was bitter grandma's bitter she's bitter my aunt is bitter I didn't want to be part of that bitter circle you know, so I started reading like uh, mindset books, um, and around myself, you know, people like positive people, you know, that encourage me and like are right at my side, you know, and just root for me. Let me ask you something, Coco. Mm-hmm. Did you have anything like, you know, to like deal with? Did you deal with these things like in a bad way ever? Like whether it be drinking or drug abuse or anything? Did it cause you to go that way? <laughs> it did. <laughs> um, at one point, um, I drank a lot. Like I I went out um, and I would back out and I even, you know, didn't know what I was doing. Big up I'm like, man, fuck. Um, I was driving home and I stopped riding on a bus, you know, um, I don't even know how the bus didn't even hit me. I don't like all I can say is, you know, I believe in the higher power and only by the grace of God because there was no other explanation. How about you, John? Did we lose him? <laughs> I said like we lost him. <laughs> <laughs> It's the Lolo and Coco show. <laughs> it says he's connected, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and share too. Um, I started abusing of, I want to say, the first thing I started abusing of was pills, and I must have been, I must have been 12 years old. To be honest, I was 12. I started um, taking pills. I think the first ones were actually Xanax and drinking. And um, then I started smoking weed, which I still smoke weed. Um, <laughs> Healthy for the smoke, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was drinking too. But that drinking wasn't really my thing. I didn't. I never really took on to drinking too much, especially that I actually had a bad experience and I ended up getting raped and everything. So, but um, 
yeah definitely the drugs and then when it um when I got to high school high school is where it really got bad and after I got sent to that school is really when it really started like I don't know I just started feeling more and going through more I started finding more about my dad and I really I really started abusing of a lot of different pills like pretty much anything that would give me that low feeling and I didn't just numb myself out I just I'd really really go all in and I'd be partying all night and then I'd go to school the next morning I was taking advantage of my poor grandfather unfortunately that um I was living in the efficiency in the house and I was 15 I want to say and um I started yeah I would sneak out and I would party all night get home shower and go to school and be falling asleep at school and sometimes at school I'd be on pills and just one specific time I remember that I was literally falling out of my desk I was like literally falling and everybody's like Lorraine Lorraine and I was like oh my god it was really bad I was like oh I'm sorry I was working which I was not working that night but you know during the time I did work but no I was just really messed up so the teacher's like oh go to the office and go to sleep (laughs) and lucky lucky they didn't realize or maybe they did realize it and they didn't do anything about it but I was I was really really going through it and that was my way of dealing for a very long time and that stopped though when um you know I started working young I dropped out of school got my GED and then when I wasn't I wasn't living at home anymore because it's always issues with my family and um I got pregnant at right after my my 18th birthday and um that's what stopped me that's like what made the first big change I would say you know I got pregnant and I knew that my life was going to change and I knew that I had to change so it saved me that's exactly how it was for me I got pregnant and that was like my saving grace um you know because you really do want better you know the best mom that you can you know but um like doing everything to like numb yourself definitely it's uh it's part of the process you know it's um, like a stage that you go through yeah it's, it's you have to like feel like you do feel pain you know like i don't know anybody that mama that doesn't have but it's learning to accept that it's okay like and it's bad it's okay have anger and stuff I just feel like you know we're human we make mistakes and you know we do what we feel is best at the time and you know for me it was drinking because I didn't want to feel anything you know so if I was drunk and you know it's that numbing sensation um but what makes us strong is that that we want to do better for ourselves and we did better for ourselves you know and we're blessed that that, you know, like, helped us, but, you know, like, we did. Um, Another thing that happened was I was a cutter, also. So that was, 
that was also I didn't even remember that until now like once in a while I remember it but um that was that was difficult I went through a lot I think also during the time in my life um I mean where I was living mostly with my with my grandfather and his siblings um I think that's what kind of saved me a little bit too because I had like good stuff um you know going on because of them and they were teaching me certain things you know like I learned you know how to cook and clean and stuff from them you know and and also how to survive like my grandfather really really pushed me um he showed me he's like oh you don't you know even if you don't go to school and everything like basically to be a hustler you know and he had me you know get my first job when I was like 13 years old it was like two houses down and it was an elderly couple and um it was Ada and Pedro that's what their names were and then Pedro's sister Nena so I would have to take care of them so it's like I had a mix of things I had that going on which was good and that probably helped save me too because if not it probably would have been a lot worse I would have been different yeah I think what is kind of crazy is um when you're going through the pain you know you don't realize you know the great people that you do until you step out of your circle and then everything that like they taught you just helps you keep going yeah. forward um I've had a, I've had a few good people actually um you know that I remember like in middle school I had a teacher uh Mr. Morris I have him on my Facebook actually I don't know if you ever saw that story on the news that the guy there was a, a guy that was lost at sea but they found him and it was hilarious it was well, it was him Mr. Oh, Morris funny <laughs> he was crazy he's hilarious um but he helped a lot he helped a lot of a lot of kids I believe you know like he's he was very loved and he told me one time you know cuz I used to talk to him and then he told me one time that you know that I would have to break cycles and he went into this whole thing and he talked to me and that stuck with me so I always knew that you know when I had kids and then when I did have them young that I knew I had to somehow make sure that I broke the cycles so they would not have to suffer like I did. Correct. That is such a huge for moms especially have you know childhood trauma or like relationship trauma or whatever. Um but really having people in your life really is, you know, like I had my dad um and then I had like uh, my past who was also my soccer coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and now my fiance like they just so incredibly you know, um, and they just they go through like times. You know, it's been that like just really are always there. Yeah, that's why it's always important. Like, you know, but you know what? Like everything I went through, I feel like it was for a reason. You know, so it's like yeah, I want to accept say. it. <laughs> and yeah, I've gone to accept it. It's like I did have good, like like I said, I had my grandfather and his siblings and stuff, and that that really helped mold me too, you know. Like, and I just I knew that I did. I knew I needed to be better. 
in my family. I knew I needed to do better. So now I'm different with my kids. And like my two oldest, they're now going to be 14 and 13. And I can't believe it. And they're starting to date and everything, you know. And it's just, they, they are, like, they remind me of me in many ways. But at the same time, like, we just, I'm so glad that I have such a good relationship with them. I didn't have that, you know, with my family. Yeah. So I know that, you know, they obviously had to experience a lot of trauma, you know, themselves, especially, you know, with their own dad and and my family and everything. And even me, because I was a baby raising babies. Right. And I didn't really, you know, have the help and stuff. And uh, it's just, I don't know, it's just so nice to see that I have a good relationship with them. You know, like they're able to talk to me. You know, at one point for a little bit there, um, I was worried and, you know, especially with my oldest and she didn't want to talk to me and stuff. But now like we just, they, they tell me everything, even stuff that is like hard to hear that's going on in school, like or with their little boyfriends. Like it's it's hard, but they talk to me. And, yeah, and I'm just I'm really happy about that because I know when they're going through shit, they they're gonna be able to come to me, you know. Yeah, and that's like a great feeling, Austin and stuff. And um, I just want to say you're doing amazing. Um, like generational, like it's hard, you know, like. Um, and just hearing your story just it reminds me a lot of like what I went through that you know I've and stuff and you're just you're doing amazing thank you (laughs) just don't forget that I know like there's times where we can easily you know like forget that but like what you're doing with your kids is just it's truly I can't it's just it's amazing like be proud of yourself you know it's hard it's so hard and you're doing it and there's nothing yeah, I've, even, I've even had to have that talk with them and tell them like you know what like I know you know and that's what I think helped our relationship because before before those words were spoken is when we were having a hard time and then me and my daughter my oldest kept going at it like she would scream at me and everything and then one day I just realized you know what I was a baby raising babies so I can't I can imagine what they felt and what they've been through with me too. Yeah. So I sat with them and I said, listen, I know I haven't been the best and I'm learning every day I'm learning. I had you guys young, I was a baby, I was not ready. I didn't have the best family growing up and I'm trying my best to break cycles. And I, you know, I stuff that people did tell me that were good and helpful as I was, you know, growing up as I just used it all. And I, you know, I talked to them and I said, and I'm sorry for whatever you guys felt but I'm doing my best and you know we don't have to keep our relationship like this I want you to be yourself I want you to be able to talk to me and come to me for anything no matter what because you're still my baby at the end of the day so it's it's really helped yeah so amazing I think he said it goes for an hour so we gotta like wrap that one up <laughs> yeah um guys i did actually receive a text that his mic went out so i'm sorry that you you know you guys didn't get to hear more of him but i'm sure we're gonna actually 
probably go into this again in another oh. episode. So, absolutely, <laughs> there will be more. So, I hope you guys enjoyed this show. You know, if you guys have any questions, just ask him. You know, if you guys want to hear more about these topics, topic is um, look at me, I'm all nervous, or anything else. You know, just let us know. We'll be glad to go back on and talk with you guys. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? So on the first episode of this new rendition of Two Cents, there was some technical difficulties. But uh, no, the, the the Warriors, they held it down. Coco and Lolo, look out for that new that new up and coming uh, podcast is the Coco and Lolo, the Coco and Lolo showed us as they coined it in the, in the show. But no, I just wanted to thank everybody for checking out this episode. There will be more. It only gets better from here. But I just truly wanted to be uh, eternally grateful for everybody who took the time to listen to this episode and to check out for more, check out more content. Be sure to um, go on to YouTube and check out the Ask Rome YouTube series where you'll get to see myself, Romy Mac, up there answer so many questions in the rawest form that I um, possibly know how. But be sure to look out for more content from us at Two Cents. But from Coco, from Lolo, and Romy Mac, we out. Peace.